Off the ball. Does Lampard understand what his role is here? Oh, well, I've only been here a couple of days, you know. I can't sort out all the problems in that time. And you still think, you're not here to sort out the problems. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. We're heading to South Africa. Alan Quillen is with us. Um, Alan, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. How are you? What's going on? Uh, it's hot here. <laughs> it's warm. Um, I think all the, obviously the, the Munster fans that are here are very happy after the weekend. Um, and the Leinster ones, of course, as well up in, in Joburg. But uh, yeah, it was a good weekend for for the two away teams, Leinster and Munster. The Munster performance was really, really important because it uh, it guarantees Champions Cup qualification for next year, right? Well, it more or less guarantees, I think, <clears throat> unless Benetton or, or Scarlets can 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 win the the Challenge Cup, it may mean then that you have to finish at least sixth, that seventh or eighth, because of the Welsh Shield. Cardiff will, will probably win that, and they'll not be in the top eight of the league, so they'll they'll take a European place. And if Scarlets or Benetton, who won't make the top eight either, were to win the Challenge Cup, it would mean only the top six who finish in the top six in the league will go through. But um, more, more or less, uh, you would say, probably 90% sure that, that Munster will have European rugby next year and, and be in the playoffs. I don't think anyone would have expected a bonus point win against the Stormers, Ger, and um, it was uh, it was a, it was a great performance. It was full of grit, determination, but but also tactically, they were so much better than, we'll say, a couple of weeks ago against the Sharks. You know, they they obviously had a good first half against the Sharks in the, in the in the Champions Cup, but one of the big differences this time, I think, was defensively. They weren't conceding tries and line breaks, and I know they got broken a few times, but um, so much better organised. They conceded 18 tries in the previous three games, and um, their defence was was a real key. And the other one was probably the breakdown. Peter O'Mahony was phenomenal. Gavin Coombs had a huge second half, but O'Mahony throughout the whole game was just uh, tormenting the Stormers' breakdown, and and he was brilliant, as many of the other Munster players were. So what's the turnaround in performance? Where did it come from? I think it came from, obviously, you know, when you when you have a situation where you concede 55 points, you, you look back at it, and players analyse, coaches analyse, so I think they would have looked at the, the Sharks game Obviously, the heat played a, you know, role in that, and the humidity in Durban, um, and they were playing against a very powerful side. So, um, people often ask, "How do you stop that power and physicality?" And well, you've got to get in early and and stop them getting their rolling mall going and and really be on the money at the breakdown and be accurate and and your execution around ball placement, all that kind of stuff. So, I think Munster were so much better at that. Um, there was moments in the game where the Stormers flexed their muscles and and it was worrying. But the start of the game gave them confidence and belief. And um, I just think their breakdown was so much better. Their their speed of movement on the ground to get in, support players, um, recycle the ball. And, and tactically, they, they, they played very well. They made some mistakes and errors. I'm sure they look back on it. But they, they were a real nuisance. Uh, to the Stormers breakdown for the whole game and defensively they were they were connected and they got good line speeds and and didn't allow the 
the Stormers kind of play their game that they're they're so good at. Um, they're very very quick, and you know they're a, an ambitious side who throw the ball around a lot. So they didn't really get, let the Stormers ever get into that flow for for a long periods of time, and came up with many big moments in the game. I think the most crucial part for me was that ten minutes after after half time, easily could have dropped the heads because you know Stormers had. That surge of pressure and scored just before half time to make it 12 all. And the crucial part then was those 10 minutes in the second half. Stormers had three or four opportunities. Peter Mahoney steals one line out. Um, they kick to the corner, the five meter line out. Peter Mahoney steals it on the far side of the field. Um, Gavin Coombe steals a ball in a mall that the referee, nobody knows how he got it, but they turned it over. And then the Calvin Nash tackle in the corner. And uh, Sanatla, I think, or, or Hartzenberg, I'm not, I'm not sure, I can't remember which one of the wingers it was, but he made a brilliant tackle in the corner. They got those breaks. They they kind of created their own little bit of luck as well because you see Shane Daly had a similar type break and he scores the try. Um, so, they, you know, that 10 minutes after halftime won the game for Munster and um, they were superb, I think. They could have easily dropped the head, so... Obviously, there was a lot of desperation and, and that can fire you up and drive you on. But they played really well tactically as well. And, um, you know, it was amazing for them to get a, a bonus point win given their form coming into this game. We should give a special mention as well, Quinny, to your fellow Tipperary man, Jermyn Barron. A couple of, couple of tries and an impressive performance overall, I think. Yeah, right across the board, I think. But, um, you know, he played very well. He got two tries and... Their Monsters Mall was really good. It started brilliantly. RG Snyman, John Klein, they kind of had big games as well. They're big players. Um, obviously, you know, people are going into the game talking about the front row and the worry and the concern there uh, based on what we saw the last day. Stephen Archer had to play 80 minutes. Phenomenal. Uh, Keenan Knox comes on for Gavin Coombs at the end of the game. But Jeremy Lockman as well. Um, he hasn't played in a while. He was outstanding. He's up against probably, arguably, the best tight end um, in, in Franz Malherbe. And for Lockman to come in and Munster scrum was 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 very, very good. Um, so right across that front row, I think they deserve to get credit uh, for this performance. And it's a big, big, big performance from the results. is just massive because the implications of losing these two games and not being in Europe... Um, were, were, were very big for Munster. So right across the board, I think the, the effort levels and uh, the energy they brought and the fight and grit and determination, I think they shocked the Stormers. The Stormers coach, John Dobson, was speaking afterwards and he had nothing good to say about his team. Um, I'm sure when they look back at the game, they know it can be better. But Munster read it really, really difficult for him. And Dermot Barron had a, a big, big game, um, which was was great to see because um, you know not just from the tries the tackles he made and the carries uh, around the field were superb Conor Murray was good for Ireland in the Six Nations but didn't get the start in Europe and or the Champions Cup rather obviously in South Africa uh, and got the start um, on Saturday and played well was it a mistake in retrospect not to pick him in the Champions Cup Um. I don't know. Um, I think at the time his form wasn't great. Um, it's a good sign of the character that he's responded really well and didn't let that kind of define his season or his career and kind of let his career peter out. Um, not being in the 
23 for, for Munster's Champions Cup game against Northampton at Thoman Park, it, the easy thing to do there would be, well, maybe it's not. The easy thing is probably a wrong phrase, but you could drop your head there and you could kind of um, be frustrated and negative about it. Um, he's chose the opposite, which is a great kind of example for young players. When they get dropped, I had plenty of experiences that in my career and they're not easy. And, you know, you think of the perception that people then have of you as a player that you're not in the 23. And um, so he's responded really well. I thought he was really, really good the other night. Um, he was very composed, uh, made a lot of good decisions. He's kicking game, he's passing. And and he was, you know, he, he kind of was a real good leader for the team, made a lot of tackles as well. So You'd say his first um, choice now for the rest of the season on the basis of the fact that they didn't start him against the Sharks and they got hammered and he starts this game and there's like more, it feels like there's more control and particularly when you're, now they've decided that they know who their out half is, it, it feels like as well. You, well, if you play well, if look for Craig Casey, I don't think he had his best game against the Sharks. Um, he's a very, very talented player. Uh, but, you know, they've gone with Conor Murray for this game and he's played really well and shown his experience and he's got to back that up. Whether he'll start this week, whether Craig Casey will start, I don't know. But um, he's responded in a really positive way, Jared, as for any sports person who, who is in that situation. Um, it's a good decision to kind of pick yourself up, um, be positive with the team. And that, that's remembered as well. And a lot of players spoke about that how positive he was for that week that he was dropped um he wasn't negative he didn't have a kind of a sulky head in him he was trying to help players help the team so that's really important and that's a good example and message but um yeah he's put himself in a position now that um he looks like he's kind of won back that jersey for a moment but that can change very quickly yeah. Craig Casey is well, a superb player let's let's talk about the the 10s is um is Joy Carberry in in South Africa yeah, he is. He's with the team. He warmed up with him. He was um, he was there with them, and uh, he's gone through a tough time, hasn't he? Because uh, again, you're talking about perception and where he's been, and and the level he's been at for a number of years, being second choice for Ireland, playing plenty of games, being involved all the time, and now he finds himself for this game for the first time outside the Monster Twenty Three. So again, he's going to have to kind of battle this this kind of tough period out, and. I still believe he's a quality player. Um, the decision to go with Ben Healy and you know go with Jack Crowley starting instead of him a couple of weeks ago, it's purely down to tactics and and what the Munster coaches see. And um, they've gone with Crowley and and picking Ben Healy and on the bench at the weekend obviously was uh, you know a big moment for Ben Healy. Disappoint, very disappointing for Joey Carberry. But it's complete. It's 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 totally tactical and. Um, you know that's that's the way the Munster coaches have gone, and I think Ben Healy was very good when he came on off, yeah. on the field, off the field, I off do, the bench. Sorry, you do wonder there if um, what's going to happen next season. If, if maybe Ben Healy regrets the fact that he won't be there next season to compete for the, the ten slot, because you see how quickly you can get into Ireland consideration, and also what happens after the World Cup when Sexton goes. So um, I do want to talk about um, Sam Prendergast and his performance. Obviously, Leinster fans are very excited about the fact that he's getting the start. And at one stage in the first half, it looked like the game was kind of running away a little bit from Leinster. And you're kind of, everybody was like, oh, well, that's to be expected. This is an inexperienced side. But the second half performance was one of those, no, hang on a second. We've been unbeaten all year. We're not going to just uh, fold our tents up here. Um, let's talk about Prendergast first. 
How did he get on? He was superb, I think, and it's, it's extraordinary for such a young player to come into a, a team that um, has very high expectations, obviously, and are, you know, missing all their frontline internationals. Um, I think it's it's it would be easy to manage Sam Prendergast and slip him in there with ten internationals around him and think God that's going to protect him better. But he's obviously um, a strong mind, strong spirit, and they they you know they believe in his quality and talents and. You know, anybody who watched closely the, the under-26 nations can see that talent and that ability. Um, but he's obviously a strong character as well, and, and he was superb on, on, on Saturday. Because uh, you said it, Jared, they were 15 points down at one stage. You kind of buy into the narrative that we've good moral victory here, and we've done well, and we've scored a few tries, and we've, we've, we've given it a lash. Um, but their mentality is totally different. I think they kept believing and kept back in their pace in that second half, um, you know, to score three tries and, and you know, change the whole picture of the game, really. I think that the Lions kind of, uh, I think, pro- probably switched off and thought that they're going to, you know, overpower Leinster here and get the dub done. But um, we've seen this from Leinster and, and the standards they set over the years that you just can't shake them off. So it was a... It was a brilliant performance for him, full of control, uh, confidence, and he's a quality player who's, Lens are very lucky to have him, and um, we're going to see a lot more of Sam Prendergast in the next couple of years. Yeah, you wonder how quickly he's going to be able to force his way into the, the Leinster team, because obviously there's an established pecking order at the moment, but, you know, those types of performances are the ones that get you noticed and make everybody go, let's just, let's just stick him in the first team and see what happens here. Um, I, yeah, Chris Chris Cosgrave was outstanding as well, full back. Um, they have there's a couple of young players there that have incredible talents. Um, Tommy O'Brien having him back, you know, he's had a bad run of injuries, and you know, Liam Turner gets a you know great try as well. So uh, a lot of good, exciting young players there that that stepped up in a, in a in a pretty hostile environment. Yeah, um, I, I do want to ask you about the news that broke then that. Uh, Stuart Lancaster's replacement is going to be Jack Nienabar. Um You'd probably be familiar with him from his time at Munster. Yeah. Uh, obviously, his exact role within South Africa, the title is head coach, and Razzie's supposed to be the director of rugby. It always felt like it was Razzie's show. So um, what, what was your instinct when you heard this? Um initially shocked I think like everybody else um, didn't see didn't see that one coming it's it's a great coup for Leinster I think the level of um, compliments that you'd hear about Jack Nienenberg and the, the, the way he can inspire players and the Munster players loved him I think um, with a less talented squad possibly um, and playing a different type of game a number of years ago when he was there with Rassi I think um you know, he made Munster so hard to beat defensively. I think there's obviously more to his to his game than just being a defensive coach. I think he would have evolved over the years, but um, very inspirational, very motivated, um, incredibly on detail, and it's it's an incredible coup. I think that the shock for the, that most people got and the surprise, um, obviously, it was it was kept very quiet. It was going to be broken here in South Africa, so I think both Leinster and, and, and the Springboks um, decided to get it out before somebody else did. Um, there's a lot of shock here. They're, they're very surprised, speaking to a lot of journalists in, in at the game in Cape Town on Saturday evening. Um, 
they were all very surprised. Matthew Pierce, who does the commentary for Supersport, he's their main commentator. He did an event last week with Jack Nienenbar and for two hours somewhere. And uh, there wasn't a sniff or a whiff of this going on. And uh, and it was all about Springbok planning and going forward and stuff. So um, he's, he says he's done it for personal reasons. Um, he's obviously got a break clause in his, in his uh, contract here that allows him to leave. Um, Razzie's, I was reading up about it, Razzie's contract definitely has one. So I presume they were both the same when they re-signed. And um, those contracts were supposed to go till 2025. So they obviously have a break clause in the contract that he's activating now after the World Cup. And um, he says his personal reasons. So it's not a bad team to go to, is it, if you want to change the scenery and move your family. And um, I know that both families... Um, I'm not overstepping the mark here. I know that Razzie's family and Jack's family loved it in Ireland. Um, they weren't keen to go back at the time. But obviously then the, the, the head job with South Africa and those roles came up for both of them and uh, they couldn't really turn that down. So maybe they want to go back to Ireland and experience it again. And um, it's not going to please all the Munster fans and, and it is a bit surprising. But that's the nature of the business. You know, Leinster have got... Um, from what we can gather and what we've seen, an outstanding coach here, and it's an incredible coup for them. As the South African team's addition to the to the URC and Champions Cup, is that a happy coincidence? Would that have made Leinster want to go after Nienaber a little bit more, albeit he's a brilliant coach in his own right? But would that have been a an influence on the decision? Do you reckon, Quinny? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Shane. I don't think that's would have anything really to do with it. I just think, um, you know, Leo would have known. Um, how good he was for, for for Munster with, as I said, a less talented squad. Um, did a great job. They they got um, Munster into a, a um, URC final at the time and semi-final Europe. Um, they were incredibly difficult to beat. And, you know, you hear, you hear stories coming out from coaches with all these clubs, how good a coach is. And sometimes the best endorsement you can get is from players. Um, it is from players because... The type of coach you are, the way you deal with people, all that kind of stuff. So um, he was loved in Limerick, and um, I'm sure the Leinster fans will really take to Jack Nienenbar. And uh, so I don't know if it's it was anything to do with picking a South African. I think Leinster have gone for one of the best coaches in world rugby. Um, you know, he he coached the Springbok side to to, to win a World Cup. Um, you know, he's done remarkably well since with them, and. You know, he's a, a very, very impressive CV. And, and you know, again, Leo would have known what, what uh, and Leinster, not yeah. just Leo, they would have known what, how good he was in Munster and how, how well-liked he was. But, um, yeah, it's a great coup for them. All right, we'll leave it there for now, Queenie. Good stuff. Thanks a million. Cheers, lads. Thanks. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.